Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody another episode of the podcast that's sweeping the nation. This is One Man's Opinion. Thank you, one and all, for downloading, subscribing, liking, favoriting, commenting, whatever is got you in contact with this program. Appreciate it very, very much. Hopefully, you guys have been enjoying the pods this summer. A lot of fantasy football talk, a lot of conversation. We'll continue that throughout the 2023 NFL regular season. We'll spray to college football, postseason, baseball there as well, but you know, football drives the bus. I've got NBA thoughts, if you can believe that or not, as well. So, uh, you know, we'll be getting into other things. But right now, it's fantasy football draft season, and that's where our focus is at. Welcome to the program. My name is Jeff Mans. You can hear me weekday afternoons on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87 from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. I host Elite Sports on that network, also the host of Serious XM fantasy football pregame show making its triumphant return for its eighth season this year. Me and Bob Harris will be on 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time every Sunday morning. Get you set for that Sunday's activities there as well. I am the part owner and chief content officer of fantasyguru.com, the place to be this year and every year, the largest active fantasy sports community in the world we shout out to all the elite mafia out there over at fantasyguru.com it's been a heck of a summer we'll keep it going we're having fun we're talking ball we're winning baseball bets we're in a preseason dfs man we're crushing our drafts we are very unlike the rest of the industry which is something i'll attack on today's show as well so we've got a lot going on It's the place to be, folks. We know times are tough, and it's always a a tough thing to do to subscribe to get the help that you need for your fantasy football drafts and in-season product. Remember, all of our products are full season. They all contain and include college football as well. They in the off-season packages, the franchise mode, the elite sport, elite football package or higher that includes canadian football league xfl usfl all of that any other fls that they make we will cover it and not raise the prices on that either we do football unlike anybody else we do have a discount code for podcast listeners radio 20 if you're there remember the daily fantasy football season starts soon the betting season starts soon we've got about what eight days roughly from the launch of this podcast basically another week until September 1st. That's when the prices go up for our daily fantasy package and our betting packages. It's just the way of the world. So radio 20 is a discount code. You're going to want to know, and you should get in now, get that all in package folks, get the all in package. If you got problems financially or what have you, you could send in an email support at fantasyguru.com. Ted Schuster has been doing our customer service. A lot of it lately and we'll work something out that makes sure you can be with us for the 2023 season would hate for anybody who is interested to miss out follow me on social media at jeff underscore mans on twitter the jeff mans everywhere else all one word facebook instagram snapchat tiktok and on threads by the way 
my TikTok account blowing up, man. We get some get like a fifty thousand person viewed video. Woo! I don't know. I just make videos, talk about players, talk about teams, talk about situations, much like I do here as well. So we've got that going on. A lot to get to in this episode. This is number one hundred and seventy. Episode 170, it is season four. Folks, there is a quite an abundant catalog of former episodes. I mean, you could relive the Tommy G days. You could relive me talking about politics and religion and cancer and all the different guests I've had on this show and everything else that we've done. Man, the whole catalog, wherever you get this podcast, wherever you find it, dig it up, man. Go back through old episodes and uh and have yourself some fun listening time and also if you thought well you weren't really on patrick mahomes last year you weren't really against trey lance last year go back and listen tell you we're not hiding anything from anybody so there we go today is this episode at this time here so let me tell you all where i'm at i am locked in i I mean i would i i think to myself this is probably what like a surgeon or a doctor or whatever a a mechanic or somebody who is thousands and thousands and thousands of hours logged into their profession this is how they feel i'm there's nothing in and this is an uncensored podcast i almost you know no kid don't let the kiddies listen unless you're you know one of those open-minded Folks, in which I strongly still don't recommend you let the kids listen because they'll say so. So put your earbuds in, your AirPods in, your noise canceling headphones, or just be around. Don't be around sensitive people because I don't want to have to censor myself. If I start censoring myself on this show, listen, when Sirius XM wants to broadcast it, that's one thing. I understand that. But no fucking way am I going to start censoring myself just because everybody can't handle it. The show's just not for you. I don't know the fuck to say. Right? It's just not for you. Don't, you shouldn't be listening. But um, I'm locked in, man. Like, there's not a fucking thing that can be done to distract me from. I know exactly what I want to do. I know what exa- exactly what all of you should be doing. I know exactly the strategies to implement. I know the players, exactly the players to invest in. I know exactly the players to stay away from. Like, and we're three weeks away from the season still. Just lock the fuck in. So. In that spirit, what I did this week is uh, always hanging out in our Discord room over at FantasyGuru.com. If you are a member at FantasyGuru.com, make sure, you know, on the homepage, there's a little box on the right side that says Discord channel. Click on that, and it gives you instructions on how to get into our Discord. Strongly recommend it because it's 24-7. I'm always in there, like legitimately I, I mean, 6 a.m. Eastern time. I am I am in that Discord till like 6 a.m. Eastern time. And at 6 a.m. Eastern time, uh, our CEO, Rob Brink, and a lot of Phil Backer and a ton of other of our guys, especially on the East Coast, they're up and they're Armando Marsal. Everybody's man in the fort. We have literal 24-7 coverage from fantasy to support questions to whatever that may be on your mind. So it's a lot, you know, it's, it's good. It's good for our members. And it's why we're such a growing community of fantasy sports. But so you could ask these questions. So I asked the folks in the man's cave. That's my special little uh, niche, my hideaway, if you will, uh, over there in our discord. I asked, all right, what 
do you guys want me? What do you want to hear? What topics, what conversations? So I've got a list, probably a dozen or more items, but there was a really good one in there. And that's going to be the backbone of today's show. And I forget who recommended it because there was like a hundred different people posting and what they said. So I apologize, but if this was you, so somebody asked me, said, what if Jeff, how about the top five picks that you could make this season? Like what are your top five favorite picks that you've made or that we can make? And I thought, hell yes. I like that. That's a good topic. So Instead of doing top five, I did 10. All right, I did 10. And I don't want to give too much because then it becomes watered down. I don't want to give you guys 20 picks and be like, hey. and you're like, my my draft is 16 rounds. Yeah, two picks in a round. What fucking good is that, right? What help would that actually be? So in that spirit, today I'm going to count down and reveal my top 10 favorite picks to make in a fantasy football draft right now. All right? So that's what we'll do. I've also got a lot of other topics, in-season stuff. Now, there were a lot of recommendations from folks out there that I know listen to the program about DFS, about betting. Trust me, I saw all of them. I will do those, but it's still draft season right now. I want to I want to make sure we're focused on the right things. You know what I'm saying? I don't it's not that I don't I love the fact that anybody's out there studying DFS and betting and everything. Those are important things to do. However, I also, this is the heavy, hardest core draft season you could be. So there we go. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. Somebody also mentioned avocados. I don't know what. Uh, do I like guacamole? Yeah. I don't have much thought. I don't love guacamole. It's not like my favorite. I don't have a big, I'm not like, oh my God, if I don't get guacamole, I'm going to die. Don't really like worry about that. But at the same time, I like it, you know, do it with like a pita cracker or something like that. And uh, so there we go. But yeah, the DFS and the betting conversations will save for another time. All right. So uh, trust me, I will be doing that. Uh, a ton of other topics as well. I'm actually, um, I think I found like the first one that says I should do what, you know, do the top five picks where to go and why. And that was Jeffrey's Jeffrey's you Blet, Jeffrey's uh, Jeffrey sublet on our discord. So uh, said not a mock draft, but like, what would you do? Uh, where would you go and why picks, you know? So there you go. So I like that idea. So I'm running with that one here today. Let's get some news out of the way first. Um, obviously, it's why I love the radio. I love live radio. I love in the moment type of content. I like podcasts. I like being able to curse. I like being uncensored. But like my favorite thing to do is just the live radio. And I love to be there every single day. So the one thing I fear about, because I want to talk Jonathan Taylor now, by the time we get to the end of the week and you're, you all are listening to this episode, Taylor may have been traded. Maybe he stood down. There's a lot of things, but as of this recording, you know, it's, it's two days after he declared he wanted a trade. He's declared that before, but the Colts said, we will grant you permission to seek a trade and he's getting offers. Supposedly the offers are good. 
That means the Colts are very excited about the offers and think they a deal will be made. That's the latest information I, this version of myself, currently has. Obviously, listen to Elite Sports. Pay attention to FantasyGuru.com for all the updates thereof. So it, in this moment, I think it's important. What do we do with Jonathan Taylor? Um, there's a number of different landing spots. I feel everybody's talking about that. There's no real... The best landing spot would be Miami. I don't think that it's there's another one that would rival. Jonathan Taylor would be a first-round pick or should be a first-round pick if he lands in Miami. That's how good that fit is. Okay? Now, other good fits for fantasy purposes. Now, mind you, I am talking from a fantasy football perspective. All right? The, he will make any team he goes to better. It doesn't matter what team. It, the Chiefs, yes. Bills, yes. Absolutely. He would make all those teams better. Cowboys, yes. Philadelphia Eagles, yes. All those teams will be better with Jonathan Taylor. But from a fantasy standpoint, some of them, like the Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, it's still going to be a split backfield. They'll bring him in. He'll be the primary running back, which is good. It's not great. It's not better than what we thought he would be as the primary running back with the Indianapolis Colts, right? So in that spirit, it's the Dolphins by a landslide. I think the other two, quote-unquote, best places for him are in L.A. with the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. Again, I very publicly say Cam Akers is spent and done in dust. And I don't think they're overly enthralled with Cam Akers whatsoever, post-Achilles, certainly. And then the other spot is in Chicago with the Bears. And you they don't have a clear running back. They've got th- a three-headed monster. Roshan Johnson has showed a lot. Deontay Foreman, we know what he is. Khalil Herbert's done nothing but shine since being a six-round pick a couple years ago. But you bring in a Jonathan Taylor, and that's a team that also doesn't have salary cap restraints. The problem with some of these other teams is they've got severe salary cap. Now, the Rams have cleared enough room. They've got about $12 million or so in cap space, right? So that's not too bad. Bears have $14 million. The teams with the most are like the Cardinals, the Cowboys. The Browns have been weird. They've been creating a lot of salary cap room lately. And I don't really know why that one is bizarre. I don't know why they would bring Jonathan Taylor in that. I can't imagine that would be a thing with Nick Chubb already there, but I digress. The dolphins have 11 and a half million dollars middle of the pack as far as cap room left. So there are teams with, the money that they could couple more renegotiate or restructuring of contracts and boom, you can bring in a big contract, give Taylor the type of contract that he's looking for and boom, we're good to go. So those are the best team. I think he fits well with, with Justin Fields. The bears could run the same offense they did last year and be foundationally 180 degree difference and better. Better offensive line, another year's for fields. They do have the wide receiver 
they have Mooney healthy. They got DJ Moore downfield, high point guy in Chase Claypool. Keep defenses on and run the ever loving shit out of the ball. So those are the best fits for a Jonathan Taylor from a fantasy standpoint. All right. I think he fits, obviously. He fits on almost any team. But I like Miami is the clear one there. And that's why I hope that he winds up going. Baltimore is also like a dark horse. Baltimore's not afraid of making trades, right? They're not afraid of acquiring veteran, good player, great players via trade. So that that's a sneaky one to watch out for. As far as what I'm doing, drafting Jonathan Taylor right now, it's got to be the most difficult decision you'll make. There's no way I'm taking him in the first two rounds. There's just no way I'm doing that right now. The conversation starts around pick 25, 26. In the NFFC National Fantasy Football Championship, Taylor has a 26 ADP right now, second pick of the third round. I think that's appropriate. He's going off the board as running back eight. Uh, there, I think it's hard for me. I'm not take. I'm going to take Najee Harris over Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry over him, Pollard over him, Josh Jacobs over him, Joe Mixon over him. Like, there's no reason to take Taylor over any of those guys right now. There just isn't. So, a um, little lower than running back, but I think like early mid third round is the right is when we have to start making that decision. Anything before that, you're speculating a little bit, and I think you can get burned. All right, so that's where I stand with that. Other news of uh, Josh Jacobs, I suppose. There's a lot of back and forth. Well, Jake, I'm more secure about Jacobs. I, Why am I more secure about Josh Jacobs? It's a great question. Just like he doesn't have any other options. Especially, I think Taylor possibly hitting the trade market limits what Josh Jacobs could reasonably do. And it's not like, like Taylor isn't being offered a franchise tender. Jacobs is. $10 million makes you a top seven at the position. There's no, no fucking reason to reject that contract. Play the fucking deal, and then next year do the same thing and get your bag or demand a trade. That's the way to do it. And you have no leverage at this point in the season. John Taylor either, really. You have leverage before the draft because people could swing for you. They trade draft picks. Teams are much more willing to wheel and deal at that point. We're in the season already. So that's why I'm just not moving Josh Jacobs down, despite all the shit that's in the press. Uh, Terry McLaurin injured foot. Uh, the Ravens lose their first preseason game in like eight years. That was something to see. Feel kind of like the fix was in Monday night game, uh, fourth down pass interference, bogus pass interference penalty kind of looks shitty, uh, long ass field. The whole thing just didn't feel right, but I'm glad the streak's over for our Baltimore Ravens fans. I, I like the streak because I think it's good to w win, teach your team how to win the preseason. So I like playing for something, whether you're using your starters or not. I, I believe in that. But at the same time, it's good that they could focus on the task at hand, which is keeping Lamar Jackson healthy, implementing a new offense, and competing in one of the toughest divisions in professional football in that AFC North. All right? So that's that was that. Uh, McLaurin should be good to go by the start of the regular season. I don't like that it could be a turf toe situation. 
turf toe is really bad. Like that's one that will linger. I don't like lingering injuries. I do like the fact that I saw Sam Howell staring down each of his primary reads all the way down, like all the way in Sam Howell. And that is a real good sign for the commander's number one wideout, who is Terry McLaurin. McLaurin was, it peppered him, boom, boom, boom. And then every time they moved the ball, it was Sam Howell fixated on one receiver. It was kind of the same drive, back-to-back drives that Howell played very well. And it was McLaurin, and then he got injured, and then Jahan Dotson took it all the way. I think he scored that touchdown. And was it Pinkerton or whoever on the next drive? So pretty optimistic on Terry McLaurin despite this toe injury, right? Um, What else? Baker Mayfield named the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not a surprise. You know, he'll have a short leash there as well. But, you know, good weapons. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scott, some Kate Otten and Rashad White and Chase Edmonds. There's some good options here in Tampa Bay. The problem is he doesn't have to, at Tom Brady's offensive line. That offensive line, Dominic Smith did, retired. They're starting left tackle, move Wirfs over. Tristan Wirfs is having like fucking anxiety from moving to left side, which is weird. Like it's that, that part, that whole thing is weird, but losing Shaq Barrett in their starting right guard, like they've lost three fifths of the offensive line this off season in Tampa Bay. And while everybody else is a, just gravitating toward the loss of Tom Brady, it's actually that offensive line. that's going to be a bigger hassle, quite frankly, for Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay offense. Um, all right, we will, let's do this. I want to get into my top 10 list. Today's top 10 list. feel like David Letterman here a little bit. The, um, my ideal picks in a draft, my favorite selections, if you can get them right, you can't get them all. Not everything's going to be available to you. They're not all going to be in the round in which, you know, I, I like them. That doesn't mean they're less picks. Let, let me tell you something else before I dive into this, because I, I want to make sure you all understand. Number one, fuck everybody else. I mean that. Like, I am <sighs> frustrated. I, I was in a draft over on drafters.com. By the way, I know I keep talking about drafters.com. For one, if you ever want to draft against me, get in there after midnight. On a weeknight, like I am in the drafters, $20 million uh, part two NFL best ball championship every fucking night. The reason I am is because they need 111,000 entries to fill and they aren't even at 40,000 yet. They aren't going to fill this thing. They guaranteed $2 million, including a $300,000 top prize just for playing. Folks, it's fucking easy-ass money. You do not get that kind of opportunity to win that kind of money. The, the odds of winning are outrageous. There's no fucking lottery ticket that gives you anywhere in the remote. There's no other contest, no daily contest, no seasonal contest. The fucking circuit event, which I love, they don't give you those odds. Underdog doesn't give you those odds fucking DraftKings, any of these other products, they don't give you those odds. These high stakes 
fantasy football leagues that everybody plays. And I love them too, that you don't have those odds to win that kind of money. You just don't. So that's why I love it. Drafters.com. If you use the promo code mans, you get a hundred percent deposit bonus. Here's what I recommend. Dude, put a hundred dollars into it for crying out loud. Use the promo code mans, or I think there's a bunch of other promo codes, but it's a hundred percent for with the one I know. And if you already are in, if you use Guru Reload, G-U-R-U-R-E-L-O-A-D, you get 20% back of whatever you deposit. But if you put $100 in, you get a $100 deposit bonus. So that's $200 in your account. That's 10 entries into this motherfucker. to 10 shots to win $300,000 in your share of $2 bucks. I I don't know. You, I mean, I don't know what you play fantasy football for. I mean, the camaraderie generally totally understand that this isn't for you, but if you're one that dreams of those big paychecks and you're not willing or able to put align your money in the best possible situation to win six figures, then I don't know what you're doing. Then you're the mark that everybody else we're, we're all just climbing over. We're just taking your money. I hate to tell you and be the informer of bad news, but that is it. But anyway, I was in a draft over on drafters and there was, were a couple of fellows. Uh, there's actually a couple from different rival websites and fantasy sites. Good folks. Very nice. Get along with everybody on there. Wasn't any enemies or anything like that, but there was a comment made. Eh, I don't, comment and chats usually unless it's with the elite mafia or people that I know directly. So I didn't say anything, but comment. They were kind of scoffing at the way the draft was going. And one of the comments were, Oh, guess we're in get your guys at any price season, huh? L O L. And, you know, I believe based on knowing the person who wrote the comment that that was a dig on me because I, that's what I do. I only get my guys. So and I thought it was a bit of a dick. And again, I don't mean that like it was a mean spirited. Oh, how dare they? I'm going to burn their village to the fucking ground. Ah! No, no. But I, I just said, I thought to myself, I'm like, wow, how fucking misguided. How misguided. Every single draft you do should be get your guy's season. S-Z-N. Every single draft. Right. I want to ask y'all a question when you're drafting wherever you're drafting could be your low you know, CBS site, your fan tracks or FFPC, NFFC, Yahoo or ESPN leagues, whatever, anything best ball. When you're drafting, do you look at an ADP list while during the draft? Or do you pay attention to the ADP number that it says next to the players? Okay. Now that's the first part of the question. Second part is, do you shy away from a player because of that? Do you say to yourself internally or audibly, oh, too soon. I can't take him yet. I'm going to draft him later. You put him in the maybe pile, right? Do you do that? Now, a lot of you should have said yes. 
Cause I know that's what a lot of folks do. That's not good. That's not healthy. It's very unhealthy for your drafts. You need to know who you're going to pick. You should be able to write a list. If you're in an, a 16 round draft, I should give you uh Lenny Milnick, a uh, legend in the fantasy sports space, big time fantasy baseball guy. Lenny Melnick used to do a great thing when I was first coming up. He used to go into a draft. He would write down his team and he'd go, Manzi, Manzi, here's my team. He'd write it down, show me the list. He'd put it in the drawer. He goes, make sure nobody goes in that drawer. Anything. Let's see how I do. And he would come out and he'd be about eh, 60 to 80%. Right? 60 to 80%. He would be on target. We should be able to do that. If it's a 16 round draft and I gave you, if I said here, you should be able to write 25 players down and have them have 12 to 15 of them actually go onto your team. That's what you should do. And that's a successful draft, not the grade they give you, not the percentage they grade you, not the fucking projections at the end. Oh, you're, you're projected to finish in, in uh, 10th place. Blah, blah, blah. Those don't matter at all. I, and when I mean they don't matter, I mean, holy shit. It's pretty much the opposite. Anybody who's expected or projected to win the league after the draft is dead fucking money. Dead absolute stone cold dead right they they're just done because they drafted a because those are that's a way of drafting in which you got a high a bunch of highly projected players highly projected players cause fucking chaos on our teams absolute chaos who to start who to drop Right when it comes to week five or week, what are the big weeks? Seven, nine, 13, 11 of bye weeks. Who are you cutting? Right? You have to cut somebody and then you have to pick somebody else and then you have to cut somebody else and pick them up. How are you going to do that when everybody is about even and just very adequate? Everybody's very, very safe and sound and very steadfast. You know? You're not. That's the point I'm making. It's going to be shit. Get your guys. It does not matter. Do not draft a team trying to fit in. My God, if you do that, you are going to lose. You're not only going to lose, it's going to be, it's more embarrassing. Do not fit in, please. And thank you this year as well. Like this is even more so because this year is people don't even make sense. Why are we taking so many wide receivers early? I like the wide receivers, but we're forget- like we're just completely and utterly abandoning the other positions. I find myself getting premium quarterbacks, tight ends, and running backs in every draft I do. All I have to do is sacrifice wide receivers and get some later. Right? I- it's not that hard. I don't know why everybody needs four or five great receivers. Elite running backs finish in the top 10 of their position 12 or uh, 10 to 12 times a year. Really, it's about 12. It's actually 12 to about 12 times a year because they're like, it's higher than 10. Elite wide receivers 
finish in the top 10 at their position nine to 12 times throughout the year, right? It's just, that's the way it is. I understand why you want Jefferson Chase, Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, if you can stay healthy, Diggs, understand. But then you start, now we're just like floating guys. Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith. Huh? Why? I mean, they're good, but they're just kind of there. They're guys. They're good guys, but they're not. I don't know the forcing. I, I don't get it. Devontae Smith over against and secondary receivers on one team is just always shocking to me. Like, I, I just don't really get that whatsoever. But, you know, people do it. What are you going to do? I mean, what's Devontae Smith going to do realistically, right, this this season? He had an amazing stretch. 1,200 yards, seven seven touchdowns a season ago. But, you know, all right, he gets something like that again. What, 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 I don't think he got like 240, 250 fantasy points last year. Well, okay, 240, 250 fantasy points. It's Joe Mixon, right? It's Joe Mixon, and there's nobody taking anything from Mixon. A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts. Dallas Goddard, they're all taking from Devontae Smith. So which one is more secure? Mix only played 14 games, by the way. Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, that's what those guys got. Fucking Miles Sanders, new team, but understood. Najee Harris, and all those guys are going after Smith. So, like, there's a threshold, right? So just be careful with that. Get, Get your guys. Don't. Do don't have the same plan that everybody else has. Otherwise, you're going to draft the team that resembles maybe it won't resemble anything because you're going to draft half the team you like, half the team you half the team will be the players you know you should have drafted, and the other half will be the players you think you should have drafted. And that just turns out to be a disaster. That being said, let's get to it. Top ten list live from Studio City, California. No, it's just just me in my basement. I don't have a basement, but if I did, that's where I'd be. My top 10 best picks for fantasy football, 2023, number 10, drum roll, please. I was going to have our producer, Sean Engel, put in a drum roll, but we don't need a drum roll. It's fine. Number 10, I am going to cheat because I'm going to give you two. It's a kicker and a defense. (laughs) They're the best though. Dolphins defense and special teams, even without Jalen Ramsey. It's a Vic Fangio defense. It's going to be very, very good. They are basically non-existent in fantasy football right now. Um, they've moved up a little bit, right? The the Miami Dolphins are going off the board 13th in fantasy football. They're number two. They're the best defense next to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're better than the 49ers. They're better than the Cowboys. All right. And they're the steal of defenses. And then my the kicker, Brett Mayer of the Broncos. He's won the starting job. It's all the way his. They cut Brandon McManus. Uh, long field goals for leagues of that. That's the guy to get. You can get him in the last round because he's absolutely positively not even being thought of. The Denver Broncos 
um, or Brett Mayer is go right now. His ADP is 21. He's, he's the 21st kicker off the board. Nobody's taking two fucking kickers. So he's barely ever getting drafted. The, I guarantee those ADP numbers are leagues. Jeff Manns was in where I had to draft a kicker because I'll have them everywhere. All right. Number nine, best pick you could make in fantasy football this season. We are going to round nine. How convenient is that? No, I'm not doing nine. Eight. I did not do that. I actually ranked them in the best order. All right. I ranked them in the order of importance, priority. All right. My number nine is one that will make everybody sick. Every single one of you disagree with it, but fuck you. I'm building my team, not yours. It's Kadarius, Tony, Kansas city chiefs. All right. Uh, the injury really bothered me at first. And now I think it may have been a blessing. I'm just ecstatic that we don't, I don't have to contend with him doing anything to rise up draft boards. He's his ADP is firmly in the ninth round. It's 102 right now uh, overall. And he's, uh, you could see him go as late as the 12th round, but I do believe he's going to be the number one wide receiver, not tight end of the Kansas city chiefs this year. I know he's only going to play between five and 11 games. I'm hoping it's more toward the 11. Uh, we get 11 games out of him. That's going to be a jackpot city for that, where we chose him. If we got him for only five games this year, he's going to help us win four of those five games, getting 15, 16 plus fantasy points per outing. Most likely one of them will be a 32 point banger because that's the kind of player he is. Number eight, best picks you could make fantasy football this year. This is a stunner for me but he's quickly becoming one of my highest owned players because everybody has forgotten evidently about Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara. So what did I say? Did I say, did that sound weird when I just said Kamara fucking weird? Yeah. This is a guy that this is a guy. He was 14th in fantasy points a year ago. Not like he was terrible. He missed a couple of games in there. Yes. He's not the 81 catch monster that he was a few years ago, right? But his touchdown, he had four touchdowns last season. That's it. That's fucking crazy. This is a player that has had massive touchdown numbers basically every other season. So positive touchdown progression, move forward with touchdowns, right? It is only good. He, his touchdown numbers in his career, 13, 18, 6, eek, 21, 9, and 4. Crazy, right? That is just crazy. That number will improve. That number improves. We know he's out for three games. But here's the thing. Round 7, Alvin Kamara round 7. That is where I'm getting him. That is where his ADP is, and he is your third running back at that spot. All right? And I'll talk running back strategy as we go here. But something that I've done over the last few weeks in every just about every draft, best ball and regular, is I'm taking a running back in round one or two. If it's McCaffrey, Bijan, Chubb, or Saquon in the second. 
All right. Sometimes I've got Najee Harris in the third, but I'm getting a running back like that. And then I'm taking two more between rounds five and eight. At least sometimes I take three, but that's where I get a Roy Kent. That's where I get uh, Miles Sanders or Damian Pierce, guys like this. And I come back with Kamara in the seventh every fucking time. And I love it. Oh no, he's out three games. Woe is me. Big fucking deal. I will take him all day as my running back three. So that's the eighth best pick you can make in round number seven. Seventh best pick you can make is a player I'm actually underweight on. I don't have a lot of shares of this guy for a multitude of reasons. It's Cortland Sutton in the eighth round. All right. So in the eighth round, picks 85 through 96, roughly. That's where Sutton's going. He's got a ADP of 91.47 right now. He's the X receiver in Sean Payton's offense. Judy's had a better preseason games, but Courtney Sutton has had a better camp. They have not unleashed him yet. He is the Michael Thomas. He's the Marquise Colston of this offense. And he's going way too late. Now, the reasons I haven't gotten him is mostly because I'm drafting running backs at this time. And then I wait like one round too long. A lot of times for me, it's come down to Kadarius Tony versus Cortland Sutton. Now, something I have way more Kadarius Tony right now than Cortland Sutton. Now, I'm going to change that. All right, I'm going to change that a little bit, get a little bit more Sutton. But also, I have Roy Kent in just about every draft I've done, unless you bastards from the Elite Mafia, fantasyguru.com, steal them from me, in which case, fuck all of you. I hope you die. Just kidding. That's a mean thing to say. I don't hope you die. I hope you get food poisoning and you just shit your brains out one day. That's it. But, like, I don't, you know, the Bronco, having the running back in the Broncos with a receiver on the Broncos, I'm fine with it, considering where both the, they are going. But uh, it's just, it hasn't happened for whatever reason. But it's a great selection. Eighth round, Cortland Sutton, the seventh best pick you can make in fantasy football. The sixth best pick is a quarterback that is, it's hard to say. I've really diversified my QB exposure this year. A lot of, I have a bunch of Mahomes. I've got some Josh Allen. I've got a little bit of Jalen Hurts. The player I own the most is the sixth best pick you can make in fantasy football this year. He's got an ADP in round number four. Justin Bear, Justin Herbert. I that he is going to break out. Kellen Moore's offense throwing the ball deeper. It is exactly the right system at the right time for Justin Herbert. And he's got these downfield bangers and Mike Williams and Quentin Johnston to do it. And he's got the possession guy that he's a great affinity toward in Keenan Allen. So it's a good system for him. It is a system that you're going to see the next level of Herbert. Don't forget, last season, Justin Herbert, go watch that Chief game in Kansas City, I'm pretty sure. And he gets hit late in that game, and he was not the same quarterback for the next 10 weeks. Dealt with a shoulder injury. I think it was like three broken fractures in his ribcage. Played through it. Tough guy. Tough kid. Still threw for 4,800 yards, 25 touchdowns. Right? Still did good. 
but we didn't see the rushing ability that we had seen previously out of Justin Herbert. Remember, this is a guy, 250 yards, 300 yards, and then dropped to one, only 147. Had eight rushing touchdowns his first two seasons. Had zero a year ago, right? Threw for 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns in 2021. Regressed to 4,725 touchdowns last year. Herbert's going to take the next step, and to get him in that round four, ideally five, <laughs> is is absolutely perfect. That's the spot, the sweet spot for a quarterback. You don't have to pay up too high. And there are there are drafts where if your draft still does the whole waiting on quarterback thing and Patrick Mahomes won't be taken until the third or fourth round, then you're going to get Herbert in like the sixth or seventh. And that is just fucking sweetness right there. So Herbert, sixth best fantasy football pick you can make, put him in the fourth round for the purposes of this exercise. Now we get to the top five. Top five best picks you can make in fantasy football this year. Number five, Calvin Ridley, Jacksonville Jaguars, round number three. That is where his average draft position is. I have him as a wide receiver one in fantasy football this year. My rankings over at fantasyguru.com feature him firmly as a true wide receiver one. Now, granted, we haven't seen him in a year. Had to sit out because of the betting stuff. But I actually have Ridley in the top 10. All right. The only receivers ahead of him are Amon Ross, St. Brown, A.J. Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Adams, Diggs, Cup, Tyreek, Jefferson, and Chase. You know, so that was, I'm super high on Ridley. Why? I think Trevor Lawrence hits that next step. Third year, second year in the system, he really started ascending in the second half of last year. He wasn't that good in the first half, Trevor Lawrence. But second half, he became the the QB we thought he would be coming into the league out of Clemson. And you picture that with the smooth route running of Calvin Ridley still firmly in his prime, right? On a new team, chance to restart. The other thing I'm very intrigued by is six out of Christian Kirk's eight touchdowns came inside the 10 yard line last season. Those in order to go to eight an undersized receiver in short yard, that's very unusual to do. From a quarterback standpoint, usually the the closer you get, you throw to the taller wide receivers or the tight ends. But that's the way it went. I think a lot of those touchdowns go to Ridley this year. Why? Because the route running ability, the ability to separate in short distances. Christian Kirk has that too. But Calvin Ridley has got some size on top of it. It's another layer of protection. So I wouldn't be surprised double-digit touchdowns from Ridley here in year one, and he'll be the Jacksonville Jaguars' leading receiver, which is worth this weight and goal, especially when we see Trevor Lawrence getting the next step up. So Calvin Ridley in the third round, the fifth best pick you could make in fantasy football here as well. Number four, best pick you could make fantasy football 2023. It's the only tight end on the list. And no, it's not Travis Kelsey. Although Travis Kelsey in the first, not a bad idea. It's Dalton Schultz in the 12th. Jeez Louise. I'm in a lot of drafts with industry folks. And the fantasy football industry will not let Dalton Schultz get out of the 10th round. 
Sometimes he doesn't even get into the 10th round. But the general population, the general public, Dalton Schultz's ADP is 134.22. That's 12th round, man. That is a steal. Everybody knows. I don't know. There is no fucking logical reason to draft Dalton Kincaid, David Njoku, or Pat Fryermuth over Schultz. That is silly. Shigazayam Okonkwo, no. Cole Komet, fuck no. Dalton Schultz is a lot closer, a lot closer to TJ Hawkinson than he is to Pat Fryermuth. Right? I love him in that spot. Again, I'm a big proponent of Kelsey in the first if you can get him. I like Hawkinson. I think he's the number two on the Minnesota Vikings. But after that, after a Kelsey, for me, after Kelsey, Hawkinson, and Kittle, I'm not going to be on Andrews at his cost, usually more than Kittle and Hawkinson. I like Waller, a lot of upside there, but there's at least one in every draft willing to take that fifth-round pick on Darren Waller, and I am not that guy. So at once those tight ends are off the board for me i'm just waiting until i can get my dalton schultz and the ability to get him after we secure all those running backs that are in the draft draft pocket from rounds five through eight then we could come back beautiful and then i get my ninth round Kadarius tony or Cortland sutton right then i get dalton schultz mm, chef's kiss right there fourth best pick you could make in fantasy football this year third best pick you could make this one, I'll go high. No, I'm not smoking up on the show. Nick Chubb in the second. I think it's highway robbery. There are so many players, McCaffrey, Eckler, even Bijan, right? Even Bijan, Pollard, Henry, Taylor, Jacobs. Why are these running backs, Jameer Gibbs, why are people guessing at the running back position when you have the surest mother effing thing in the world of Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is RB5 off the board in most places. I've got him third. I have Bijan, I have McCaffrey. I do take some risk with those two. I will tell you, I understand there's risks with both of them. But if I can, if you're going to let me get Nick Chubb in the second round, that's absolutely perfect. His ADP is 14.59 right now. All right. You let me have, if I get a late pick first round and you, I can get out of there in the first round with um, AJ Brown at the worst case or on a high level, I could probably get Diggs, CD lamb or Brown come back with Chubb in the second. Beautiful. Then you know the next couple rounds, I'm going to take another receiver. I'll take my running back, or I'm sorry, I'll take my quarterback. I'll take my tight end. Then I'm hitting that fucking running back market again. Boom, boom, boom. Right? That's what I'm doing. Then I'll come back to the wide receivers later. Nick Chubb in the second is one of the best picks. Arguably, probably will be the best pick you make in your fantasy draft because. It's one of the, it's such a relief on a week in and week out basis. You never have to worry about matchups. You never have to worry about 
ball security or fucking game flow even like nothing and he's going to catch more passes this season than he's done in the past that's why he's number three number two best pick you can make anybody can guess i feel like you can guess my one and two i feel like it's i've been very vocal about both these guys number two he's there he's there he's every fucking where roy can't roy can't that's right. Denver Bronco running back Roy Kent. We give him a code name so that the general population doesn't gravitate toward him. Five targets on 12 snaps. Are you fucking high? You know how good that is? Do you know what an amazing... I've been really low-key about this on SiriusXM the last week. That was incredible. Every... Single play, they had a running back squirting out into the flat. They designed the first play. He dropped it. (laughs) That wasn't good. But first play of the entire game was to him. We're going to get that eight out of the 17 games they play. The first play is going to go to Roy Kent, either on the ground or in the air. He's going to catch 50-plus passes, maybe 60-plus this year. He is... Absolutely stellar. He's his ADP has risen from round 10. He's now in round five. And normally I don't get into worrying about you know what we could have had him at because I drafted him plenty before in best ball. But a fifth round pick for Roy Kent right now is absolutely brilliant. It is brilliant. It is a 52.28 ADP right now. He's going to catch a ton of passes. I'm not worried about Samaj P. Ryan at all anymore. Not at all. Matter of fact, it's it's tearing me up that maybe these guys aren't even going to be a tandem backfield anymore. I think they're super high on Roy Kent right now. I think Sean Payton sees something in him. What what I see in him, what most the league besides Nate fucking Hackett saw in him. To me, every draft I go into basically starts round five. I got to get Roy Kent. If I don't, I've missed a massive opportunity. That's a league winning player right there. I know that's a cliche. I know some of you don't like that term and I don't either, but it's true. You don't get that kind of equity in fantasy football. Often at least put it this way. You don't, you get it, but only after the fact, you don't know damn well going into a season that you're going to draft the 16th, 17th, 18th running back off the board in the fifth round, and that son of a bitch is a stone-cold lock for 275-plus fantasy points, which is top 10 every year. I mean a lock. And 300 is almost garum freaking teed right? garum freaking teed with Roy Kent this year in a full-point PPR league. Still like him in standard leagues, but you do lower him a little bit. All right? But, man, is that a great get in the fifth round. And drumroll, please. The best pick, number one, best pick you could make in your fantasy football league drafts here in 2023, that is the 10th round selection of, you guessed it, Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs 
is Jordan Love's guy. I have said this the entire year since the draft, folks. Documented. As soon as Aaron Rodgers was leaving Green Bay, Romeo Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs outscored Christian Watson on six, in six of the nine games in which they played together. Out-targeted him, out-caught him, out-received him, out-yardage, more fantasy points. He did better. Christian Watson had four games that were amazing. Those four games were incredible. But they all happened without Romeo Dobbs on the field. And he's the nut. You don't get a wider, a number one wide receiver on a team for a team with a young quarterback, a new quarterback who's trying to find quote unquote his guy. And he worked with this guy last year. You don't get these opportunities in round number 10 often. You, it just doesn't happen. Softer schedule as far as cornerbacks are concerned as well. He's not going to see the bracket or safety attention because Christian Watson it has proven himself to be a threat, so he'll be double teamed. He will have the safety going back on him. Dobbs will lead the Green Bay Packers in targets. He will lead them in receptions. I don't know if Watson will have more yardage because maybe bigger plays, something like that, and then the touchdown factor. I don't know, but I know I love that 42-yard reception he got over the shoulder on the second play from scrimmage in preseason game. Dobbs has looked fantastic with Jordan Love in the preseason, and he's not moving an inch. It is absolutely mandatory. Get Romeo Dobbs round 10 in your fantasy football drafts. Boom. That is all you have to do. Folks, I've given you a 10th, a 5th. I gave you a 2nd rounder. 12th round pick. 3, 4, 8, 7, 9. And then last two rounds with the kicker and defense. All I've given you opportunities for equity at almost every single position in your draft this season. It is going to be up to you to execute. But I'm telling you, when it comes to Roy Kent and Romeo Dobbs, you do not want to miss out on those players. You just don't. Now get them at the right spot. Right? Now don't, you know, if you have to pay up, do it. If I took Romeo Dobbs in the eighth round of a Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Host League just because these fucking savages love to take my guys, specifically Howard Stink and Bender, constantly taking my guys. So I had to pay over premium. Eighth round is fine. Totally fine. I think I took Kent in the fourth round. One round equity. Now, I'm not taking them in the second round. Hmm. The opportunity cost is a little too great at those those spots. There's other more higher skill, better situated players, which is why that is. But pound for pound, those are the two best picks in your draft. All right, other questions you had. This is from our Discord room over at fantasyguru.com. Folks, remember, our packages, our memberships are year-long, season-long. They go all the way through the season. So it's never too late. Fantasy football training camp was an amazing success last week. Great live event, poker game, Q&A sessions, breakout sessions. We had tons of it, and we're adding more videos. Ryan Clifford with his data-driven fantasy football breakdown has been added this week as well. We've got – it's going to be more and more videos. You can check out all the videos on demand on the site, fantasyguru.com. 
Ted Schuster and myself doing an unedited and unfiltered roundtable, answering hundreds of fantasy questions. The great panel I did with Jorge Pucks and Patio Joe and Mike the Beard talking everything from college football, CFL to referees, everything in there. Um, just 12 to 15 amazing sessions that we had, and we keep growing. That's just one part of it. Coaching breakdowns, offensive line breakdowns, rankings and projections, weekly analysis, right? Then we got bets and DFS analysis that we do. Get over there, fantasyguru.com. Get that all in package. Use Radio 20 discount code, and I promise you it's the best thing you'll buy this entire year. No question about it. Remember, no TVs. There's a writer strike. TV, you're going to get like 20% of your shows. Hopefully, they were filmed six-plus months ago because otherwise, they're not coming back. All we're going to have is football. Every day, I'm expecting great conversations, great shows on the site, fantasyguru.com, in our Discord, in that man's cave. Get there now. Somebody asked about after-the-draft tips. Stay calm. There's always buyer's remorse. Right. This was like the walk of shame. Getting walking away from your draft is like the walk of shame. You got your high heels in your hand and you're like, what did I just do? I just made the biggest mistake of my life. Don't do that. You're listening to one man's opinion. You listen to elite sports. You're a fantasy guru member. Do I'm like Bell Gibson Braveheart. Hold. Do not panic. Do not worry. Do not freak out. You are aligned in the proper spot. So that's the key. Now, here's the biggest key. If you drafted a while ago, don't miss the first waiver run. That, sometimes leagues will sneak up on you with this, and they will do a waiver run, like, right now, week of the 24th, 28th, somewhere in there, two or three weeks before the start of the regular season. So be careful on that if you drafted back in July or early August so that you don't miss out. Because there are chances that guys, maybe Romeo Dobbs, I mean, maybe uh, didn't get drafted. You, you never know. if you, uh, When Kadarius Tony first went down, maybe he didn't get drafted. A lot of players. Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals wasn't on anybody's radar until recently. You know, some players like that are uh, likely available on the waiver wire. So make sure you don't do that. All right, just don't freak out. You shouldn't have drafted any player you plan on cutting right away. All right? Now, if you plan on demoting them because they're injured and putting them on IR or and then getting somebody else, okay, fine. But if you, you should not be even considering cutting a player at this point that you drafted two weeks ago. Otherwise, you shouldn't have drafted them. You know? Uh, other spot, handcuffing wide receivers and tight ends. Damn it. What a great topic. This probably should. This I could do a whole show on this as well. It is good. I am uh, Kadarius Tony. I'll handcuff with Sky Moore. I think it's brilliant. Mark Andrews, I'd handcuff with Isaiah Likely. I think it's brilliant. Because when you understand what handcuffing really is and you get the concept, you now have that power to identify and understand that it's not the player that makes that spot great. It's the opportunity that player's getting. The coaching staff, the scheme, the system, if you will, that produces fantasy points. Not just them having a very 
nice smile or very fast legs. That doesn't mean anything. It's about the opportunities they're in. Thus, when a player goes down, a premium type player, somebody else is going to pick up that slack. So um, Jerome Ford, top one of the top handcuffs, Charbonnet for Seattle, top handcuff at the running back position. Everybody gets those those players. But when you start talking about other positions, I think they're very valuable too. I think, uh, um, you know, I mean, it's bad. Like Jalen Waddell is a great player in himself, but if Tyree Kill goes down, holy sheep shit. Jalen Waddell to the ever-loving motherfucking moon in that regard, right? Um when Jamar Chase goes down, like having, I think Tyler Boyd is a very interesting handcuff where either Chase or Higgins goes down and Tyler Boyd's, he's the only thing about Boyd, he's not going to be because there's two other guys. He's not going to get into Jamar Chase role, obviously, or even a T Higgins role, but he becomes an every week starter for sure. So I think that's a good handcuff. Um, I think that, other wide receiver handcuffs that there are. Uh, I think Marvin Mims to Cortland Sutton. I think that I mentioned um, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. I think those are good ones that Quentin Johnston and Mike Williams, quite honestly, like, holy shit, that's a good one. That's one I like a great deal. Um, and Those are the premium ones that I like. Um there isn't a handcuff for like Justin Jefferson. Like that doesn't exist. <laughs> like there's just nobody else there for that. Right. Um, I wish there was one for Cooper cup. There isn't. I looked for Debo Samuel, but I has standalone value as well. Likely is the best one. I would love a George Kittle handcuff. They don't have anybody. I mean, they don't ever carry quality backup tight end. I've, Messed around quite a bit over the years with Ross Dwelly when he kind of started for when Kittle was out. So Cameron Latsu, maybe Charlie Warner, oof. Noah Gray for Travis Kelsey's got to do something. Those are some quality, you know, s- systems that the tight end are important and that if the main guy went down, you may get some boom. There as well. I think likely for Andrews is really the best one, though, overall. Uh, other questions asked uh, how to handle your bench spots. Um, I think that you have a fantasy football depth chart. Every team you draft have a QB one, running back one, a running back two, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three, tight end, kicker and defense. And then if your league starts a flex, then have a flex. Flex one. And everybody else is the backup. And the backups, it's not just easy either. So what I'm saying is have a depth chart like any NFL team has and plug in your, your players there. And then your de- your bench spots should be the positions you're weakest at. Who are the backups? Give yourself other options at the positions you're weak. If you have Patrick Mahomes, you don't need another quarterback. If you got Travis Kelsey, you don't need another tight end. You got Eagles, 49ers, Dolphins, defense. You don't need need another defense or kicker anyway, no matter how deep your league is, right? 
So they're never coming out of your lineup. But you need to have for running backs, receivers. All right, here's your starter every week. Nick Chubb, Roy Kent are my starters. Awesome. But what if Nick Chubb goes down? Oh, shit. Well, you know what? Jerome Ford is my backup. Because then I would start him over, uh, let's say I had Brian Robinson as sort of running back three. Brian Robinson would become, is my backup for Roy Kent. If Roy Kent goes down, I don't have Samaji P. Ryan, then Brian Robinson becomes that starter. Do you see what I'm saying? I protected my lead running back. I got Ford. So if he gets hurt, then he's the starter. And that's an easy way to navigate and to line up your bench spots. Best advice that I could give. I've got depth charts. You could print them out, auction budgets, all these things over at our site, fantasyguru.com. So get over there. And check it out. All right. I'm over an hour at this point. I don't want to talk your ear off too much. This is always a fun episode to do. I, if you're in the Man's Cave Discord room, shout out to all my my people in there. Um, thank you for all the topics for today. I think it made a very interesting show. I hope you guys like that. Top 10 best picks you could make in a draft, narrowing it down. There's a lot of good picks you can make, a lot of bad picks you could make. Maybe I should do that next time. The worst picks you should make, you could make. But let's not think negative. Let's only think on the positive, everybody. Remember, drafters.com. If you like this thing called money, $300,000 top prize, $2 million prize pool for 20 bucks an entry. It's really the best investment you'll make in fantasy football. It's a blast. It's great practice for your home leagues to draft, draft, and draft. The more you do it, the more, the easier it gets, the more you see other people's tendencies and you just get better at it. Use the promo code MANS, M-A-N-S, for that. And by the way, here's something I don't talk about a lot. If you're a fantasyguru.com subscriber, you get a free entry into the drafters contest. That was a deal we did with them earlier this season. And I don't know if – I never really talk about it. I probably should. Shame on me for not promoting that. But it, hit us up in Discord or support at fantasyguru.com and claim your free ticket. That's that's all you have to do is verify your account at fantasyguru.com and boom, it's a free $20. So, I mean, between the promo code radio 20, get that elite seasonal package, get that DFS package, get that betting package, use radio 20 for your discount, 20 bucks off, get your free $20 there. And fuck, you saved half the price already off of your price of membership for an entire season of fantasy football. So get over there and check that out. Um, reload bonus with guru reload as well. Deposit bonuses over there. Remember the radio 20 discount code, our draft guide on sale. Now updated everything all of the time. Don't ask me who the rankings say they're updated. They're updated every fucking night, right? Like I, I'm not going through an entire motion to make the date, say a different date. I am always on it. Not a moment. Not a fucking second. Oh, actually, two hours during the day when I'm on Elite Sports. But I'm not on the radio. Everything's updated real time. The thing you will notice, I don't need to update anything because I know exactly what the fuck I'm doing. I mean, I know it. Folks, you are trusting a surgeon. You should. That is, this is what I do. Don't trust me for anything else. Don't uh, love advice, relationship advice. Ignore everything else. But when it comes to fantasy football, fantasy sports and betting, trust me. You're going to profit. We're going to win. That's what we do. Fantasyguru.com there. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter. 
The Jeff Mans everywhere else, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Shout out to our producer, Sean Engel, doing a great job on this show all of the time. Shout out to everybody at FantasyGuru.com. Best of luck in all of your drafts, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you absolutely shred it. Remember, I'm always around Discord, social media for your help this time of year and all season long. You may disagree with something or everything that you heard on today's show. And ladies and gentlemen, that is perfectly all right. Why? Because it's just one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!